0: Hey, hey, this is Megan and you're listening to the Salesy Podcast. This is a podcast for a modern business owner where you will learn how to build your business while staying true to yourself at the same time. As a sales expert of the last eight years and a online business owner, I am here to teach you tangible sales techniques rooted in psychology and human behavior. Get your earbuds on and your Salesy notebook out and let's get started today. Welcome back to another episode of Salesy. I actually have someone who I actually used to look up to you, Jess, and mm-hmm. would consume all of your stuff. I remember the first kind of enter into your world for me was like learning about promplets and all of that stuff. But for most of you, you know her as Jess Rodana on Instagram. I know her as Jess and mother to her peas. What now? Like one, one and a half. She's yeah. One and a quarter about. Okay. Yeah. So she's like, she's already passed her first year, but welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Yeah. I feel like we
1: go way back, but way back in the online world is actually like not that much time. It just feels like a long time, but it's so special whenever you can kind of develop a relationship with somebody and then keep that relationship over time, which I feel like we've had such consistency there. And it's so nice to just have those go-to people in the online world. So I'm excited for people to be able to listen in on a little bit of our kind of daily combos, which will be fun.
0: Yeah. I feel like I'm always hitting you up in the DMs. It's so funny because I'm like pretty sure Ryan knows who you are and he's not on social media (laughs) he doesn't even follow me.
1: But like, you're
0: one of those people, he's like, oh, are you talking to Jess? And I'm like, yeah. And I'll like, tell him all about you. And it's just so funny. And the other pull is, is like, doesn't your mom live here in the Springs? Are you from the Springs?
1: I'm not from there. No, my mom moved there for a job. um, So she lives there, but we've never been able to connect whenever I've been in town. So hopefully this year, whenever I'm in town for Thanksgiving, a little bit longer, we can make coffee
0: happen and that'll be super awesome. Oh, yes, we can do the tour to coffee because I know all the coffee here in this town. That's like my forte. So I obviously know your story and everything about you, but I would love for you to talk about how you got into copywriting and kind of your transition out of you teaching English into moving into this online space and becoming a copywriter.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, like you said, I, um, was a high school English teacher before I owned a business and that was a hard thing for me for a long time because I didn't start out in corporate because I didn't like write for Chipotle or Chick-fil-A or like a lot of things that people tend to like have on their resume whenever they go into copywriting. And so I kind of thought my story was almost like a disqualifier for a long time, but it turns out that the place that I came from really allows me to approach copywriting in a lot different of a way in terms of really just communicating in a way that connects with people very genuinely rather than like, super strategizing or anything like that, that you tend to do whenever you come from the corporate world. So I taught high school English for three years. Um, I was thrust into the teaching world with no student teaching experience whatsoever. And I went into it as like a high achiever. I was like good at school. I was like, man, I'm going to totally crush this. And then it absolutely crushed me. And so it was kind of three years of me learning to like climb out of the hole of really daily failure. And even when I succeeded one day, I would also fail that day. And so it was really a lesson in resilience that allowed me to figure out, okay, I have this content. I have this, um, subject that is going to really help these kids get what they want in life. But how am I going to make it interesting enough to actually get it to them? Because they were not going to pay attention to me whatsoever unless I figured out what they liked, unless I figured out how to relate things to them and how to show them the possibility in my subject area. And so it really was just this lesson in capturing attention, getting engagement over and over and over again with high school teenagers. Um, So that was kind of how I... um, Really cut my teeth in the communication world. And then I always knew I wanted to start a business. So, about three years into um, teaching, I decided that I wanted to go in a different direction. And that's when I started my copywriting business in 2018.
0: That's so crazy. Yeah. Cause by the time I found you, you had already surpassed 10,000 followers. And that was when I had the mindset of like, really? Yeah. I found you in 2020. Uh Uh-huh. Like summer of 2020, either through, I want to say, I think I found you around the same time I found Guide Culture, because I'm pretty sure I found you through Guide Culture.
1: Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, which is so crazy to think about now. Yeah, you were pretty established by then. You had already built the promptlets, And that was my first experience with you is because I had had all that excess, like success. And then I like, my website, to get my website to where it is today, I don't think I've ever publicly told the story, but it was just like a nightmare. We... Oh. We hired one girl to do the copy, didn't work out. We hired one person to do the design, it didn't work out. We hired a second person to do the design and then we had the copy from another copywriter and the designer flaked. And then oh, like no. the day we were supposed to be launching the website, she was still working on it and I was so frustrated. And so mm-hmm. I remember in um that must have been fall. Yeah, it was November December. Because I was at I was at Nick's house. I was at my ex-fiance's house. I remember when I bought the prompts because I like went out to Nick and I was like, Do you think I should make this investment? And he's like, You need a website. Like, you need yeah. a website. And that was my first experience with you. And I remember you messaging me and being mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, you bought the promptlets. Like, this is so crazy. And I'm over here, like, this is so crazy. Like, you know who I? Am? Like, what's <laughs> going on? Like I had only been, yeah, 2020 was my first calendar year in business, which was so crazy. And it's, I mean, we're now like two years in the making, but it feels, it feels like a lifetime sometimes. It really does. Yeah. The last two years
1: have been like individual decades, I feel like, but, um, I think it's so funny that, I really do. And this is something like for everybody listening, I really do see everybody's name who buys, like it's not like people who have a big audience or who have an established product, like the good ones pay attention, I feel like. And so that's just something to kind of take away is that like, these are real humans running real businesses and we know the humans who buy our things. And I think that's so important. And so, um, cool to know from business owner to business owner, because I think sometimes in the online world, it's like, we're all in these individual rooms, not connecting for some reason, but we could, if we just like reached out and an example is like our relationship. So I think that's something good for everybody to know. And even to take away in your own business is like, don't forget that these are like individual humans buying your thing, no matter how much it costs or whatever, pay attention to those individual humans and it's going to pay off for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was like the start into our relationship. Cause I remember I found the promptlets. I downloaded the promptlets. I started doing the promptlets, which we'll tag below. Cause I have an affiliate link for the promptlets. Yes. And I was like, I, I was just so drawn to you that I wanted to know you more and you were so welcoming and warm and just like wanted to, to get to know me. Cause that was the other thing too. Actually, I think it was around Thanksgiving. Cause then you were in town and we never linked up while you were in town. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. And I
1: think it was interesting because like, this is also how It's so powerful when you show yourself on your social media, because then when you do connect with people, your relationship can really accelerate quickly because it doesn't feel like people are having to figure out everything about you. They kind of already know it. And I feel like that's sort of what happened with us is we technically knew each other from like watching each other's stories and content and all of that kind of stuff. We were just finally connecting and we could kind of, make that relationship go more quickly. And I think that goes for sales relationships too. Um, Whenever you can show your full self with your content, then you have a lot less ground you have to gain when it comes to building that strong relationship in the DMs.
0: Yeah. So fast forward, we've been friends for two years and both of us have gone through so much (laughs) change in the last two years. You recently launched a program that you have been sitting on, not to put you on the spot, but I would love for you to kind of talk through, like, I know we talked through it together because I was like spearheading it the whole time because like, I'm the yes man at all times, but I would love for you to kind of talk through that because I think for me, I've always found so much just like comfort in the way that you approach things and you talk about it. And that's like the teacher mothering side of you. But -hmm. I know a lot of people this time of year are starting to pivot and change and reevaluate their business. So kind of tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I just launched a program for copywriters for the first time. Um, And this is a program designed to help copywriters who are already working with clients really build their business in a way that feels sustainable and really gets them more of what they want on the daily instead of it being like this pipe dream of maybe I'll build a million dollar business one day and then I'll have what I want. I think that's what a lot of people are missing in their businesses is how can we get more of that in the day to day and how can we really cultivate our work life and our business structure so that it gives us the type of life that we want right now, instead of way far in the future. So, um, that was what I launched, but it took a long time to get there because I honestly, Megan was so terrified to talk to other copywriters to much less teach other copywriters. I just had this fear that like I was going to, be found out like for some reason, like it was this intense imposter syndrome, which every business owner has imposter syndrome, but it was worse when it came to copywriters for me, because I was afraid that they were going to see inside my business and see like, I'm actually running things pretty simply. Like I don't do anything totally wild or genius. And like, I just have done things consistently and that's what's built my business to where it is now. And so for some reason, I was so afraid for people to see that, but I kind of flipped that And for this launch said, what if I just tell all these copywriters everything that I'm terrified to tell them? Like, what if I tell them I have had months where I haven't completely profited inside of my, like where my expenses have been more than my revenue? Or what if I tell them that I... Kind of went on a six month journey of churning and burning clients because I was afraid to really dive deep into their businesses or whatever. Like, what if I just tell them all of the flaws inside of my business that I'm afraid for them to find out to show them all of us building businesses are really flawed and like that doesn't make you not successful, that doesn't make you any less than or anything, it makes you an actual human business owner. And that was actually really well received. And so it was such a freeing experience for me, one, to own that I had expertise to share with these copywriters and two, to just share it so transparently and not try to message it in a way that makes me look perfect or whatever. So um, it took me a while to do it, but I'm so glad I did it in that way. And the um, response has been really amazing.
0: That's so interesting. Cause I was like kind of watching your launch and I've also, to be a hundred percent honest, have been in my own launch experiencing the exact same parallel. Cause I had the same fear of like being found out. I didn't have a corporate, well I did. And I didn't, I worked for massage envy and it was corporate, but it wasn't some corporate six figure salary. Like it was that opportunity. And it's so interesting that I feel like for so long in the online space, it was like, you felt like you had to show up and you had to be perfect and you couldn't talk about failure without feeling like you were decrediting yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's this new wave of like us coming out and being like, all of our businesses are flawed. All of us have had months where we've been in the red or we've like, you know, cried to our significant other because we don't know what we're doing. And, you know, we feel like frauds and it's so interesting how it's being received because I think marketing as a whole is changing where it used to be like, what are the results that you can get? And now I feel like it's more about like, what is the story and the person behind what you're buying? It's kind of that connection that we feel when we hear like the founder stories and those types of things. Yeah, um, sure. I'm
1: curious. I, I also think, oh, hold on one more thing to that point. I also think it's shifting from what's the results that we can get to like, what's the freaking point behind these results? Like, why does somebody want to have a 10 K month? Why does somebody want to have a hundred K launch? Like, it's not just to have the thing. I think people now are realizing like, if this doesn't add anything to my life, what is the freaking point? And that was really what I focused on in this launch was, that revelation that I had in my own business. And I think that's really an interesting shift that's happening here too.
0: Yeah, I would definitely agree. It's like, we've talked so much about money for so long, but it's like, like to me, a 10 K month was starting to be able to, like, I live in Colorado Springs and like the cost of living here is freaking through the roof. And so like the 10 month to me is just so different because it's like, oh, like we can actually, you know, afford to live. And as our income grows, we can do more things. And like, it right. doesn't just affect me anymore. Like it is me and Ryan and the beardies and my family. And mm-hmm. I like this deconstruction of just not numbers for the sake of numbers, but understanding too, like, you know, female founders have created a stronger impact in the world than male founders. And that's the other side of like wanting more money is like creating this impact and this income that allows us to do it, which I think is yeah. really cool to see. I mean, it was really cool to see you take a concept and like work through that feeling of imposter syndrome. Cause you know, we've both experienced imposter syndrome doesn't go away I think you just learn how to manage it better. You learn how to like be able to say, like, um, I was telling Jess before we got to this interview, but like I have internal family systems and therapy, we've been working through it. And like my imposter syndrome is the perfectionist side of me. And when my imposter syndrome comes up for me, I've started to be able to acknowledge like, you know, that's perfectionist, Megan and perfectionist, Megan wants to do everything right because she feels unworthy. And Mm. so where is that opportunity to kind of feed into ourselves? and like? take that moment for you. Like what's your kind of best advice around kind of, you know, the imposter syndrome or feeling like you're going to be found out or feeling like a fraud. If you've seen a lot of success, like you already have.
1: Yeah. I think the biggest thing that has helped me is finding proof in my right now that I, of the thing that I'm like afraid of. So like, for example, um my imposter syndrome this time was around like i don't have anything Like, earth shattering to share with these copywriters. But then, when I look at my right now, like the things that I'm doing to create success are actually not earth shattering. It's just more about like being consistent. And it's more about like, that's what the real business owners do. It's not like some crazy launch strategy or some wild email like subject line or something. It's really just, finding the things that work that are simple enough to do over and over and over again, and then having the wherewithal to stick with those things over time. And so I think that was the thing that like brought me back to like, okay, this thing that I'm actually afraid of is not the thing that these copywriters even need in the first place. And so I think that's true too, if you are trying to be a perfectionistic business owner, or you're trying to be like Super strategy salesperson or whatever business coach, like, what if that wasn't the thing that your people needed to get the best results? And so I think that's kind of where I like level set with myself. And also, just like you said, I think it's practice moving through it and really capturing the thoughts. Like, anytime I have a specific thought, I write it down so specifically so that I can see it in ink. And I'm like, one, that's really effed up to say to myself or to like, that's just not even true. Um, and so I think seeing it on paper can be really helpful to help you move through it more quickly.
0: Yeah. I think the finality of putting it on paper, like that was something that I worked through a lot last year that like, I'm really thankful for therapy because I was constantly like tearing myself down. Like it wasn't the thing that I realized is it wasn't The pressure that other people were putting on me was my pressure and the way I approached myself. And when I started writing down my thoughts, I was like, I would never say this to anybody in my life. I Mm -hmm. would never talk to somebody like this or treat somebody like this. And it was so crazy to be able to separate myself and be like, holy cow, like I am just ripping myself apart day in and day out to fulfill a pressure that I'm like inducing on myself, which was so crazy. Yeah. And then realizing too, that like, you know, you know, I don't know the unsexy business secret that like Jess has taught me is just consistency. It's just day in and day out. And also understanding that like, this is something I've learned in the last year watching you as you've kind of decreased your hours and moved into like having those days with P and having more time with your daughter of like consistency, isn't doing the most on those days. It's not like going all out balls to the wall. It's really taking time to be like, okay, like, what do I need to get done? What is important? What do, you know, other people rely on me for doing that? And then also being able to say like, this is enough. I'm going to go do other things and being able to keep that up. Cause like consistency is the other side of burnout that keeps you out of the cycle of doing more and creating more and having more and, Just like, just like the burnout cycle of always wanting more and not realizing that like where you're at, you could do a little bit less and still be content.
1: Totally. Yeah. And I think it's important to know too, that consistency is not just doing either. Like, I think that's why it's so important to have a mentor, to have a coach, to have an expert who can pour into you because in order to work lesser hours, in order to, make more in less time like we all want to i totally get that you can't just be working like that's not the consistency of it it's knowing the right things to do and then knowing that that is enough because if you are just like busying yourself with things that's not necessarily going to get you anywhere but if you know the right things to do then if you focus on doing that over and over and over again you're going to be so surprised the momentum that builds from that and I think that just takes sometimes an outside eye on our business to help us see like okay this is the thing that like makes the biggest difference or this is the thing that like you need to do over and over and over again because it works so I think that's really important to know too.
0: Yeah. I think the outside perspective is really important too. That's something that like in our relationship, like we have such a safe space between the two of us. And sometimes it's really nice to come to you and be like, I have no clue what I'm doing. And I feel like I'm failing. And you just like, you just like, I feel like you just hug me through Instagram and you're like, actually you're doing really well. This is like normal feelings. And it's like from the other side, you know, from the other side of looking in, you know maybe it is time to rest maybe it is time to take some time to do something else or you know I feel like we also talk about reading because we both like love to read and it's been like a big thing for us and that too like it doesn't always a mentor is so great because they can help you see like where the future is and connect the pieces together but it's also nice to have people who are in your circle and who know you so deeply and care about you so deeply too, who can kind of pull you out of those moments. Cause like, it's not an, if it happens in business. And I wish, I wish somebody would have told me this early on. It's like, when it happens, it happens to all of us. We're starting to talk about it more, but even when you're in that moment, you're like, well, okay, this person talked about it, but this feels so much deeper than that one Instagram post or that one story or that like one email. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think like, like you said, having those people in your circle allows you to see real vulnerability, which whether people say they're doing it or not, people are curating their vulnerability for their content. Typically like they're sharing the piece that They're going to be able to tie to a lesson that relates to what they sell. But when you're in a circle with people and just in genuine friendship and connection with people in the online business world, when you find those people, you get to see real like unfiltered vulnerability. And I think that's the thing that really helps you feel like, okay, I'm not alone here, um, which I think is so important.
0: Yeah, I would definitely agree. And like, it's not bad to curate like no. curation has gotten its own, like, negative connotation. When you're curating vulnerability for your audience, you are teaching them a lesson. And sometimes when you're in the moment, when you're in the thick of it, like, you don't know what the lesson is. You don't know, like, what the outcome is. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to come onto stories and be like, my life is falling apart. And I don't know what I'm doing in business. And I have this really cool concepts that I want to launch. But like my imposter syndrome is like getting the best of me. Mm-hmm. And that I think is so important. Something I would love for you to touch on, because I know a lot of my audience are moms, or they want to be moms, I want to be a mom one day. <laughs> how is You know, becoming a mom and balancing motherhood and business, like, how has that changed? like your business and you over the last, you know, she's a year and a quarter now. I can't believe she's a year and yeah. a quarter.
1: Mm-hmm. I was trying to explain this to a girlfriend the other day. My best friend is giving birth to a little girl in probably like a couple of weeks. And I was trying to explain to her like what it feels like. And it's so hard to put into words, but I feel like, you know, that saying where it says like, um, cracks are how we how we let the light in basically i think when motherhood hits you you crack in a lot of different ways that you can't really control and then when you envision a crack like yes it lets the light in so you can experience all of this joy all of this like baby bubble kind of stuff but you also can't control what else gets in those cracks and i think that is what's really hard is like you are just exposed. You are like trying to put yourself back together, but you're also trying to like form this new human and form yourself as a new human. And so I think that's probably the biggest thing that I learned is like, wow, motherhood opened me up to be able to experience so much joy, so much love that I never thought I could experience. Cause I didn't even know I wanted to be a mom for a long time, but that also opens you up to the shadow side of a lot of those emotions. And so it just like everything gets deeper, I think. And so that can be such a good thing, but it also can be so challenging if you don't have the support system in place to handle those like shadow sides. Um, so, I mean, I basically was telling my girlfriend that to say, like, if you need to share any of that with me, then please tell me. But I definitely experienced, um, postpartum anxiety, um, to a very big extent. And so I think having a support system in place, whether you know if you're going to go through that or not, is really important, especially as a business owner where your business success really depends on your ability to handle your brain, to handle your mind. Um, And so I think that is so, so important as moms and business owners going into it, or even if you've been a mom for a while and you just haven't figured out how to manage that so yeah
0: yeah that was definitely I mean I didn't experience it on the level of like motherhood and that's like one of my biggest fears is postpartum like depression or anxiety or even rage because like most people know I I suffer from like major mood disorder and major mood disorder just means that like I get like real depressed real fast, which kind of, you know, I like joke about it lightheartedly, but sometimes I'm just like, Hmm, this is real great. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's so interesting though, with like social media and this like new wave of like business owners becoming moms who are like my friends and even my friends having kids now too, about how like more normalized it is talking about it and being able to kind of offload on people and share it because I don't feel like, I know my mom didn't have that kind of support. And so that's like yeah. the comforting part of it. I think too, it gives you a different edge to business from what I've seen. Cause like, sure. you know, for me, I keep saying this, but it's like really inspiring to watch you. You're only working what, like two, three days a week right now so that you can have like two days a week with your daughter.
1: Yeah. I work typically on a regular week. I work about 16 hours a week. Um, and then like I mentioned in stories today, that like, uh, inadvertently the past like three weeks, I've taken like half days on Fridays or a whole Friday off. Um, So I typically work Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So it's like 16 hours or less, which has been so surprising that I've had to pare things
0: down, but it can all fit. And so
1: that's just been really surprising to see.
0: You ever like look at your time and you're like, how much time did I used to waste last year or the year before trying to fit a 40 hour week when you're like, Oh, we can actually do this in 20. And I can have, you know, not that mothering's downtime, but I have other downtime as well to be able yeah. to just like hang out and do things.
1: Right. And I do have team, but I do actually have less team than I had before I had Parker, which is interesting. Um, I think we just definitely are more intentional um and maximize the people we have. And I think it's weird because it's like things matter more in terms of like why your business matters and stuff, but also things inside of your business kind of matter less. Once you have a kid, like it's like customer things don't get to me quite the same way that they used to. Or like if we send out a wrong link or like just little things that happen daily in business, I'm like, eh, it's okay. Like we'll fix it. We'll make it right but that stuff used to like send me into a tizzy and now i'm honestly like uh it's whatever like there are more important things in life and so i think that's really helpful um just if you feel like you're really tethered to your business not that you need to have a kid to become untethered like maybe therapy can help with that or whatever but i think that's been a really helpful journey for me
0: Yeah, I think what I have seen for myself, I mean, obviously I haven't had a kid yet. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with y'all. As soon as I find out, I'll probably like tell the world I can't keep a secret (laughs) with crap. Like that's just the fourth child in me. Um, Yeah, But it's definitely like, I've I've noticed the same shift too because my identity isn't as heavily rooted in me as the business owner and me as the successful business owner. And that's kind of nice too because sometimes I feel like, uh, Ryan lives 15 minutes away from us. And so I feel like I get like a little bit of a commute and then like, I get to, it really feels like, Oh, I get to take like my business owner hat off yeah, and I get to be a girlfriend or, uh, we started fostering animals, which has just like broken yeah. open in the best way. And so I get to be like, I get to be a foster mom to bun bun and really get to spend time like loving and caring on these animals. And so it does make these like blows not as hard because it's also like, oh, my whole identity isn't wrapped up in like business and success. And like, what do people think of me? I'm like, oh, there's actually a bunny that like bunny uh, bun bun actually goes in this weekend to get fixed. And I was like, do we need to send like a list with the vet, even though the Humane Society takes care of thousands of bunnies a year? Like, do we need (laughs) to take it with us? And it's just so interesting to see that shift of like identity and like. How you can kind of like, okay, I see why you're upset. You know, the link did go out wrong, but then there's like, okay, but there are other things happening and there are more important things.
1: Right. And there, I always tell my team this, and I feel like I've heard tons of people say this in a version of this kind of thing, but there's no such thing as a copywriting emergency. Like there just is not. And so like anything that comes into our inbox, we can take a beat, we can take a breath And other people's emergencies are not your emergencies. And so I think that is like really important to take on as a business owner. Like there are people who have jobs where they have to like immediately respond and it's super like intense and all of that kind of stuff. But I think we just make online business that way and it does not have to be that way. So that would be my advice to anybody who feels like there are so many fires in your business, like you can choose to not set the fires, I think. Um, And that's a game changer.
0: Oh yeah. That's what I also realized too. I think you and I are on very similar paths except like the motherhood piece where it's like you, it's really this deconstruction and like, there is no sales emergency. Like there are times like you do, there is pressure to like make more money and wanting to make more money. Like, I've been talking about all week, like I want to, you know, I want to pay in full sales so that I could go buy a dirt bike, but it's not an emergency for me to buy a dirt bike. Like it's not going to change the game. And it's so interesting too, when you have that mindset, how much has changed. I think Mm -hmm. the the thing I want to end on most, um, I think would be most impactful is like, what advice would you give to like Jess who started her business back in 2018? Kind of, you know, that like, new, exciting business, moving into copywriting, what would you tell her?
1: I think honestly, I would tell her to do everything that she was about to do. Like I would do everything exactly the same. The only thing that I would change is give myself some freaking credit along the way. Like I think I just missed so much because I didn't acknowledge how quickly my business took off. I didn't acknowledge how quickly people saw me as an expert. I didn't acknowledge my consistent clients that were rolling in and how I almost immediately had a wait list and stuff like that. I feel like I just would have enjoyed it so much more if my mind hadn't been on what I wasn't instead of what I was. Um, so I think that would be the only thing that I would say is like, take a look at how freaking amazing you are. And I would tell anybody listening that too. And like, if you can't learn how to cultivate that, then find a friend in DMS who can help you. Um, because I think if you can learn to see that in yourself in the right now, then that is so going to change your day-to-day experience instead of making you feel like you're constantly behind or constantly not enough.
0: Oh yeah. And eventually there is a weird shift that happens that like you can get external validation. And there's one day like this recently happened to me because that's the same advice I'd give myself is like, give yourself something. Like give yourself some grace and give yourself some credit for like how much you like grew and changed. But it was so interesting during this last launch, we were getting down to, you know, we were at 82,000 and we were two people away from my first launch and I chased it for four years. And normally I would reach out to Ryan and I'd be like, Ryan, tell me I'm great. Tell me I'm fantastic. Uh. Like Tell me how good I am. And And I remember holding my phone. I was at Ryan's house and Ryan was at work because we still have the puppies yeah. And I just remember like typing out the message and then backspacing and being like, "No, like you don't need like he would a hundred percent do it." You, but I was like, "You don't need someone to tell you you're great because like you are great." And yeah. like whether or not you get this hundred k launch, like it doesn't determine anything. And part of me was like, "But it would be really fucking cool to like finally do this after I've chased it for so long, and yeah. to like be able to acknowledge that." And then the other side uh-huh. for me was um, I had to do accounting business owner accounting is the worst. I hated uh-huh. accounting school. And I took a moment when we were doing accounting and we were counting up all this money. And I just sat there and every little, like you have to change everything to income in our software. Uh-huh. And it was just like, I just sat there and I was like, you know, I looked at everybody's names and I was like, you just saying like, thank you to each person. yeah. And I think that uh-huh. attitude of gratitude changes the game on the hard days too. Cause when it is hard, you can like go back and be like, Oh, like here is kind of that silver lining and acknowledge it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think like just that ability to be able to say, I really want to hit this goal It would be so cool to hit this goal, but also this is not going to make or break my worthiness, my identity, any of that kind of stuff. I think that is the sweet spot to get to in business because it's not that we don't want to be driven. It's not that we don't want to go for big things. It's just that we don't want to have our identity hinge on that. And I think that that makes it so much easier to get to the goal, ironically. So um, I love that that was kind of the journey that you went through there.
0: Yeah, obviously we can find you on Instagram, your own stories almost every single day. We will link just down below and we have the problem linked down below. If you are looking to refine your website, Build a website, work on the sales pages. You also have the social media prompts too. I yep. uh, 10 out of 10 recommend the promptlets. They're th- honestly the promplets are so impactful from like a copywriting standpoint. I'm gonna brag on Jess for a second before we close this out because like <laughs> what you taught me in the promptlets actually spurred more curiosity. And you're the one who turned me on to like, do copy hackers learn all that copy? Yeah. But the cool thing about the Promplets and why it's different than any other template you'll ever use is that the promblets have you brain dump prior. It is really cool. Once you get on the inside, it's really cool. And then you take that brain dump. You don't edit it in the moment and you tell us not to edit it. I remember that. Yeah. And from there, then you can build your website and build your copy from it. The really cool piece and why I think it's so impactful is because it teaches you how to brain dump in your copy and then extracts the piece, which then separates writing and editing because a lot of times we do them together. So if you haven't, go ahead and check them out. If you are a copywriter and you want to connect with Jess and get mentored with Jess, we'll link her down below. And obviously, thank you for coming on. I'll yeah. see you in the DMs. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This
1: was a fun conversation and I hope it's helpful for somebody to get to listen in on our Business gaps.
0: Yay. If you have loved today's podcast episode, go ahead and take a moment to rate and review on whatever you choose as your platform to listen rating and reviews help us not only be able to serve you deeper but to bring more people in to learn more about sales if you ever want to check out the behind the scenes go down to the show notes my instagram is always linked and i will see you next wednesday for another episode of salesy